Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Matt Chat, brought to you by FantasyGrade.com and the Ultimate Fantasy Wrestling Challenge. Do you know more about wrestling than your friends and people from around the country? Prove it. Go to FantasyGrade.com and enter the live event, online event, or both. Become America's first fantasy wrestling national champion and support USA Wrestling today. As we head into the postseason, I am happy to be joined by the associate head coach from Cornell University, Damian Hahn. Damian, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, David. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I really appreciate you carving some time out for us this morning. Um, hey, no worries. You guys had a big uh, dual meet over the weekend, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, Ohio State came to town, and uh, it was it was an awesome atmosphere. We had uh, 2,000 fans, and uh, it was just a great event to bring another Big Ten team into Newman Arena and uh, put on a show for our fans. Yeah, and and here at Track Wrestling, we actually stream that event. Um, you know, while I'm thinking of it, what, what is your impression of the national duels? What's what do you, do you like this structure? Do you think it should be something different? What what do you what are your thoughts on that? You, you know, I, I'm torn because you know I'd like to see a culmination of a dual meet season uh, because that wrestling, as much as an individual sport. Uh, the fans get behind teams, uh, and uh, that's where, you know, universities and, and, and places throughout the country can really gravitate. If they don't know who some of the wrestlers are, but they know Cornell is competing against an Ohio State or a Penn right. State, I mean, you get people to come out because they have that, that, that university pride. Uh, so, I mean, I'm torn. I think, it's, I think, I think uh, the bowl system uh, was a good event. Uh, but I would like to see something a little greater, uh, per se, you know, a national champion team. Um, but, you know, I, you have a lot of different mixed reviews. You know, a lot of different coaches have their input. And I'm not sure if we'll ever really get to a point where it, 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 it's that way. Um, but, you know, I, I do feel we need to have something. We need to have something to, you know, have that team, team title. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's a hard answer, though, right? Because we wrestle dual meets, you know, a few open tournaments and, you know, a few select big tournaments, but mostly the meets that, that the media and the fans get excited about are one scoring system dual meets. And then our national, yeah. our national champions and our national team champions decided on a completely different format. So there's, it's just not an, it's not an easy uh, puzzle to solve, I guess. No, and and if you look at look at the Ohio State duel with us, uh, you know we we were we were projected to lose that that dual meet, and when you can come together as a team wise, uh, you know that's where those Cinderella stories happen. That's where upsets can be can be made because you know a kid can only score six points. That's the max amount of points each wrestler can score. Where you go to the NCAA tournament, and I think the max amount of points one person can score is thirty one. So you get three studs, and let's say they <laughs> won won the whole thing. They pinned everybody. I mean, they're getting what ninety three points. Right. I mean, that's crazy. That's absolutely <laughs> crazy. And, and it makes it fun. Don't get me wrong. You know, the national tournament is the greatest show on earth, and uh, you get a lot of a, a, a lot of um, fan support, and it generates like you know the electricity in, in the arena. Uh, so it, that is awesome. But it, you know, having that dual meet thing, that dual meet. Uh, is is important. It really is. Yeah, 
I think with, you know, somebody smarter than me said in dual meets, your worst guy matters, and in tournaments, your best guys matter. Absolutely. And I think you probably coach dual meets differently. You know, if, <laughs> if I'm wrestling you and I'm there saying, look, just keep this to a major or at least a tech and you've done your job, you know, it's a lot different yep. than, you know, hey, go out there and try to throw headlocks for seven minutes and maybe get, <laughs> get lucky for something sure. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, for sure. So, well, um, I know you're a New Jersey guy, born and raised, so I'm very curious. How did you end up at uh, the University of Minnesota? Uh, it, it was, it, it was, you know, I, I think any kid coming out of high school and making that decision, uh, it, it, it's tough. It, it, at that point in time, it's probably, you know, for most most young kids, it's the biggest decision of their life. And it, it, it's a family decision, and every and everybody has to be on the same page. So when I chose the University of Minnesota, it was the perfect fit for me. Uh, you know, just with their upper weights, um, the coaching that they had, uh, and and when I went out there, um, it was a family. It was a family atmosphere, and, and it didn't matter that I was from the East Coast or the West Coast. I mean, we were we were Minnesota Gophers, and uh, it, I was taken in right away. And, and I think. Um, that made the biggest difference for me. And, uh, you know, I was surrounded by great people, you know, Jay Robinson, Marty Morgan, um, Mark Schwab, and Joe Russell. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better situation for my collegiate career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of murderer's row and the best possible compliment in terms of coaching. So um, <laughs> there it was. What, what kind of lessons did you learn at, at Minnesota that, that have stuck with you, you know, through your not only your uh, competitive career but your coaching career and even you know really just your everyday life. Yeah, you know, um, you know some of the big things you know when when I had a leader like Jay, uh, you know he he was not only you know the figurehead of our program and 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 the guy who really you know uh, pushed the kids, but um, he was a father. He was a father to me and and. and the 30 other guys we had on the team and, uh, you know, I looked, I looked to him for guidance and, um, you know, he was a veteran in, in, in all aspects of, of, of life. And he really, you know, made you think about, you know, how much and how hard can you push yourself to achieve your goals? Um, and it resonated through not only just him, but his staff and our, my teammates, you know, that was one of the big things that, you know, I took away from competing at Minnesota was that, you know, this is a family. And when you have made that bond and that commitment to the people around you, there are times where you struggle. There are times where you feel down and out. But when your brother is right there next to you and he's doing it, and if you can't do it for yourself, you do it for him. If you can't do it for him, you do it for your family, your your parents, and and and, and Jay and Marty and and Schwabi and uh, Russell. They were my parents, and you, you know when you have that dynamic, I mean anything's possible. You're going to do things for your family that you would you wouldn't do for other people. So I think that was one of the big things that I took away from you know competing at Minnesota was just generating that family atmosphere and and, and, and the trust that goes into a family unit. Yeah, I, I think sometimes when you're, you know, you're coaching a guy and he's down one with a minute or 30 seconds left, you know, there's no magic move to to yell to them. And they just look over. And if you guys have yeah. sort of been through the wars together and you just, you know, pump your fist or tell them you got this or whatever that form of communication is, like you said, if you've put in the time with them, I've seen kids just look over and 
go find a way to get a takedown or a turn or a re- reversal or whatever it is they need yeah. to find a way to win that match. Yeah, that's sometimes what it boils down to, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it, it, it sounds, you know, obviously it sounds like those guys had a big impact on your life. When you left Minnesota, um, you know, tell me and the people listening, you know, what what all transpired between, you know, graduating as a national champion and then and heading to Cornell? You know, what all were the stops and things like that in between? Well, when I graduated Minnesota, um, you know, I honestly thought I would never leave. Um, we had such a tight knit uh, team staff that I mean, it, it was home for me. And uh, in, the, in the early spring, uh, winter of 2006, my, you know, my father passed away, and uh, you know, I had um, two sisters and my mother back in New Jersey. And it was I was I was in Minnesota at the time, and you know, it, it was it, it was a time that in, in my life that I needed to be closer to my mother and my sisters, um, and. An opportunity presented itself. You know, I got a phone call from Bob Cole, and I was still training out at Minnesota. And he said, "Hey, listen, why don't you come back? You know, you, you can start coaching and you can train, and uh, you know, we'll provide everything you need." And it was closer to home, uh, you know, about four hours. So we, you know, I thought I was married. I talked to my wife at the time, and it just seemed like the the right the right thing at that time, the best thing at that time. So. You know, we opted to come out, come out east, you know, get, get up to New York and uh, start working with Cornell. And that's kind of how it formulated. And, you know, I've been here now 11 years. So it, 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 it I, I tell people it was the greatest uh, decision that, you know, me and my wife and my family have made, you know, at, at that point. Yeah, it's interesting, you know. On the outside, we just watch things happen, and we don't know what goes into it. And I, I talked to Sean Bormet last week, and, and he literally told me a very similar story where he stopped overtime and, and went to Michigan so he could spend more time watching his daughter compete and things like that. So yeah, um, it's good to I think it's good for people to know that that folks like you guys, yeah, you're driven, yeah, winning's really important, but at the end of the day, your family is your priority, and and yeah, that's a cool part of this. So. Um, from the outside looking in, Rob Cole to me is a guy that looks like he's really almost changed the definition of a coach that he's, you know, and I mean this as a compliment that he's a CEO, you know, that he's running, he's running it like a business that he understands Mm -hmm. that fundraising is important. He understands that fan base building is important. He understands recruiting is important, um, scheduling, you know, all these things. And I think a lot of coaches just want to focus on, you know, that those you know, the time in the practice room and then the one-on-one yeah. film study. Um, it, it, do I have a, a pretty good beat on that? And what kind of mentor and example has he been to you? Uh, you're, you're, you're spot on. Um, you know, he has – when, when I look at college coaches and, and, you know, throughout the country, I mean, obviously you look at the teams that are winning national titles and, and, and doing some of those things, and you can say, hey, you know, they're phenomenal coaches. Um, I look at what Rob has done and like you said, kind of changed the role of a, a head coach. I, you know, he is the CEO and, uh, the things that he focuses on, to, not only to help our team, but to build wrestling in general. Um, you know, it, you can, you can put a great product on the mat. There's no doubt about it. you put a great, 
great product on the mat and it, it will generate excitement and, and, and some fans. But for the casual, the casual sports fan, I mean, let's face it, wrestling is not a publicized sport. They don't know about wrestling. Some people think, you know, it's weird. So, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to bring in you know, the fans to uh, tie in alumni and, and develop a culture. Uh, that's something that Rob has done extremely well uh, that, you know, we're, we're if it's in New York, you know, we're, we're, we're not a big populated area. And if you look at, you know, our matches and, and whether we wrestle at the Freeman Wrestling Center or Newman Arena, I mean, we wrestle in front of sold, sold out crowds and that just doesn't happen by chance. And, or right. the product we put on the product we put on the mat. I mean, we're throwing darts at the board and, and hope some sticks. So, I mean, we, there's a yeah. lot of things that we do just to generate that, you know, that that excitement to to, to the common fan and, and get those people's butts in the stand. So, uh, Rob has definitely, um, you know, shown how to do that, and he's got a system. And I'll tell you, that's one of the greatest things of being at a place like Cornell is. You know, we do things that most places do not have to do. And I mean, it, it's something as simple as setting up before our matches. I mean, some places have people that do that for them. We roll out the mats. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're out doing the marketing and promotions. We're doing all the things that, you know, some of these programs don't have to do. And it really, really humbles you. And, and it really makes you understand the value of, uh, the work that you put into it. And I couldn't have asked for a, 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 a better mentor, uh, moving forward or just learning how to run a program and the successes and failures that, you know, that we've had over the years and just trying to figure out what works, what works and always being innovative and trying new things just to keep our sport relevant and keep that excitement going. Yeah. To me, wrestling is a really unique sport because it's one of, I think it may be the only sport, at least of the major sports where people feel like you have to have been great at the sport to be a good coach. I mean, you know, if you look at football and like a Bill Belichick, he wasn't a great player, the best manager in baseball. You know, even basketball guys like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird tried to coach, and they were terrible at it. Um, Uh You know, and I know, obviously, you know, you and Coach Cole had great careers, but it's I think a lot of the parts of coaching you don't learn in the wrestling room. You know, it's. You yeah. almost need to have like a business degree and, and, you know, take management, <laughs> management courses and things like that. Like, you know, how, yep. to, how to delegate yeah. and things like that. So I, I, I do, I, I think I probably just need to come to a Cornell duel just to actually see you out there. Cause I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, mean, I think you probably got it, the freshman doing that, Damien. I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> hey, you come to one of our matches and you'll see, you'll see us in shirts, you know, suit and tie and we're rolling up, rolling up. The match after the duel. I mean, there's uh there's no job that we're 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 good we're too good for. I'll tell you that much. I gotcha. Well, you know, one of the things I I noticed watching the duel meet was the family connection you guys have there with you know Mike and Mark Gray and and, and Robin Will Cole. What is that like as somebody who's watching these guys coach their their sons and their brothers and things like that? As the guy, you know, I'm sure you're really close with those kids, but certainly a different level of close than. To, to the guys they're related to, what kind of thing, what kind of, you know, experience is that watching? Uh, there's, there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of sorrow. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When you see, you know, you got Mike and Mark and, 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 and you see the, the, the love that they have for one another and, um, you, you know, being there and, and, and support and, uh, 
and then you got Rob, you know, his son's on the team and, and, and it, 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 um, it, what, what it means to a place like Cornell is that it's a phenomenal place that these guys want their, <clears throat> their family involved. Uh, is it hard at times? Yeah, it's hard because, you know, you want the best for all your wrestlers, you know, whether they're, you know, they're, biologically your brother or, or, or your son, but, uh, you know, you want the best for them. And sometimes when, you know, things aren't going to plan, um, you know, it, it does get, it does get a little frustrating, um, for them at times, I'm sure. Um, but at the end of the day, they're still blood, they're still yeah. family. And, uh, it, it shows, it, like I said, it shows, uh, it shows that this place is a phenomenal place and they want them to be a part of it. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually wrestled for my dad in college, and I know there were times when I almost just, you know, I love my dad. I respect him more than any man yeah. in the world, but there's still times when you're like, you need to hear it from a different source. So I would imagine uh -huh. sometimes, you know, maybe you're the guy that ends up talking to Will or to Mark a little bit about yeah. something that those guys are trying to communicate. So that that must must be pretty cool for you to kind of be a go-between there and help those guys, you know, get through some of the tough patches when maybe they need to hear it from a different voice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about recruiting at Cornell in terms of admission standards and things like that. And we have a lot of young guys listening to this. And, and, and I know, uh, I mean, I know obviously your Ivy League and I know, that, you know, it's not the cheapest school in the country, but, you know, maybe mm -hmm. give people a general idea. I know you can't say automatically if you have this test score, you're in, but just yep. give people some guidelines so that, you know, if they're possibly interested, that they can maybe be a little more encouraged by the process. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people think, you know, that, uh, you know, Cornell, you know, not having athletic scholarships, everything is financial aid and it's need based. So it's based solely on your parents income. And a lot of people think, you know, that, hey, my parents make, you know, X amount of dollars, so we could never afford a place like Cornell. Uh, you know, Cornell has a $7 billion endowment. And, you know, that that, that is for, you know, financial aid and resources and stuff like that. So, um, you know, making, let's say, $150,000 out on Long Island is completely different than making $150,000 in, you know, the middle of Kansas. You know, it's right. all relative. So, uh, you really got to take that stuff into, in, into account when you're looking at a, a place like Cornell. And, you know, so what, so it, what makes Cornell very unique is we have to go where the academics are. And, you know, we don't have the luxury of going out there and saying, you know what, we want this kid, this kid, and this kid because we like the way they wrestle, per se, or the style. You know, we really need to look at the academic side of it and see if this kid is a candidate uh, of being even able to come to a place like Cornell. And then you want to get to the finances because I don't, I'm not out to waste anybody's time. If, if the kid's got good grades and, you know, uh, we sit down and, and, and the parents, you know, we, we talk about the finances and if, if it's not financially doable, you know, let's, let's cut the losses. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean, mean to sound, you know, like rude about it, but I'm, I'm not out to waste their time or, you, or you know, time. my time. Sure. Right. So, um, you know, so finding that unique fit, and, and you know that that goes academics, finances, and, and then and then the wrestling part of it. Um, what that makes us do is, you know, 
say we can't get sometimes the number one recruit in the country because of the first two factors, one or the other. So we might have to look at the kid we can get. And then let's say, you know, he's not one of the top guys. That's where the coaching side has to come in and we have to develop more talent. So um, we have been fortunate, very fortunate, you know, to get good recruiting classes um, where we bring in some of the best wrestlers in the country. Uh, you're already starting with a leg up because, you know, the wrestling side of it is already there. But, you know, uh, on the other side, when we need to get the fit where academics and finances come into it, uh, that's where the coaching side has to, you know, step up and develop that talent we have in the room. So, you know, I wish I could tell you that, hey, if they had this, this, and this, hey, they're golden at Cornell. But it's not as clear cut because Cornell is made up of seven schools. And each school, uh, they have, you know, their majors. And, and what Cornell likes to really do is each kid is looked at as a separate entity. So there, there might be a situation where uh, Cornell will take a kid in, into a specific major that they feel is an appropriate fit for that major. Um, he might not get a look at one of the other schools because he's not he's not a fit. I mean, if you have a kid that's looking at, let's say, economics and uh, a kid that is looking at, um, you know, our, our applied economics and management program, which is our undergraduate business program, if a kid is going through the process and he talks about, uh, you know, going through the economics program in our arts and sciences school, and he talks about Wall Street and and and, and that side of business, our economics program is going to say, hey, you're not an appropriate fit here. You know, you want to go over here and look at this program. So, I mean, Cornell is very unique in that sense um, that they do offer a lot of different programs, a lot of different majors, and they really want to get the right kid into the right program. So, it's not it's not as clear cut as you know maybe some of these other places. Yeah, I and I guess you know the 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 takeaway I get from that is if you're a Cornell wrestling fan, if you're a Rob Cole fan, if you're a Damian Hahn fan, if you're a Kyle Dake fan, you know things like that. That before just deciding that it's cost prohibitive or academically prohibitive, that they should definitely contact you and at least. Like you said, number one, academically is a fit. Two, financially is it a fit. It sounds like you could guide people through that process fairly quickly. And then if those two boxes get checked, then then you can start going through the recruiting process with Cornell. Is that absolutely absolutely. You know, we we uh we try to assist every single recruit that, you know, that uh that we're looking at or even is interested in us and, and, and really narrow it down for them. Is Cornell the right place for you? I mean, you know, we would love to go get, you know, the best wrestlers in the country. I mean, but that is not always the case, you know, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, the financial aid aspect um, and you've got a kid who's getting offered a full ride. You know, I understand Cornell is not a cheap place, but right. we can make it as affordable as possible. We just need more information. And if it works, I mean, you got to understand the value that, you know, you're getting at a place like Cornell, um, you know, coming out with one of the best, best educations in the world, um, along with one of the best wrestling programs in the world. So for, for me, for, for our staff, for our kids, it feels like a no brainer. We could possibly have the absolute best of both worlds. Um, and sometimes that, you know, that might cost a little bit. Um, but 
what you're going to get on the backside, there's, there's, I don't believe that there's another place out there that can provide what we can provide for our student athletes. I get it. I really do. Let's say that, you know, you get a group of young men, which obviously you're doing every year that pass those first two criteria. And now we're down to the wrestling part of it. We have, we have a lot of young guys listening to this and, you know, they're, they're trying to get better. They're trying to get recruited by, by folks like yourself. What are some of the, the red lights that if you see this, you're like, yeah, you know, that now the guy's off our list for, you know, the third reason. And yeah. What, and what are things that you really look for? You're like, man, I really like what, you know, what David's doing here in this scenario. You know, what are some of those yeah. hot buttons, cold buttons for you? Uh, it, it, I know this is kind of a very abstract answer to this, but, like, I want someone who loves wrestling. And that can mean a million different things, but someone who is just passionate about wrestling. And uh, that is when you see them compete, they're a fighter. You know, they, they don't back down. They, they're going to go and push the envelope. They're going to go and, and look, go after scores and, and, and really push the pace of the match. Uh, that is a total green light. When I see a kid out there that is just a scrapper, and, and, and you can work with that. Yeah. You know, you really, really can. I mean, the the hardest thing to uh, to get a kid to do that has never done it before is is that work ethic. Um, now, you can fake it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, <laughs> when I was in college, when I was in college, you know, you know, before we ever won a national title as a team, I remember our coaches telling us, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, you, you, right. you walk around. You walk around like you're a national champ. You hold your head high like you're a national champ. And so – you can you can do it. You can fake it till you make it. And uh, so, but for us, you know, that if a kid has that work ethic, that that never say die attitude, the wrestling part of it, the technique, that's easy. You can teach that stuff. You know, it, it, so so you know, the kid that loves loves the competition, loves the battle. I mean, those are those are the ones that are they stand out above above and beyond. Um, and then some of the things that. You, you know, kind of throw up those red flags. I mean, when you have, when you have guys skip events, you know, that, 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 you know, they pick and choose what they want to go to. Uh, you know, those are some of the things that's like, well, if they're doing that now, what, what, <laughs> what's to say they don't do that later? You know, right, so, yeah. so, you know, I mean, to, 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 to totally answer, I mean, I, I want the love of the sports. I want a kid that just he loves he loves being in that moment and he'll do whatever he can, you know, to put himself there. I mean that that's the that that's the special kid. Yeah, it, the second part is a really unique answer because I ask a lot of folks that, and the part about skipping events is really unique. One of the things I think that kids get confused is the love of the sport and love of winning. Yeah. I mean, I think, yep. you know, when you're good at something, it's easy to love it. You know, you walk mm -hmm. in the room and you start getting your rear end handed to you. Then you find out if you really love the sport, right? I mean, yep, yep. you know, like I really love the sport, so I had to go live with Damian Hahn five days a week, and now I don't really like it so much anymore. So, you know, <laughs> I know when we recruited, that was a hard thing to sort through. Like, you know, yeah. you know you're going to come in here and, and, and struggle for a little bit, young man. So, you know, you really have to, you know, really kind of dig a little deeper with those guys, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and everybody goes through that transition period, you know, coming from high school to college. And I think it's hard for kids, parents in particular to, to really grasp is when, you know, when, when your kid was in high school and, and competing, and, I mean, 
honestly, how how much tough competition did they actually have? I mean, right. if they were the best kid in the state, I mean, there wasn't that much competition, you know? Uh, so, and how many times did he go outside the state and compete? Maybe two, three times, you know, at best. So when they go to college, every kid they're wrestling is a state champ. Every kid <laughs> course, that they see right, yeah. is, 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 is nationally competitive. So, right. I mean, they don't have that same, you know, that, that same result as they did in high school. So uh, it, that transition period is so important in having the kids that, you know, that they have that never-say-die attitude. You know, you get kicked off the horse, you get back up on it. So, uh, you know, there is a process that goes through there. And the kids that are resilient, the kids that, you know, you know keep their nose to the grindstone and, and really fight through that, those are the ones that you're going to see make the real, real games and reap, reap the benefits down the road. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about Kyle Dake, but one of the guys on your team that I think seems like he fit that criteria coming out of high school was Womack, you know, because he came out of a state where there wasn't, you know, certainly great in-state wrestling. But, you know, when we do the rankings and we're talking about how many matches that kid had in high school and how he just kind of went all over and tried to, you know, tried to test himself, tried to figure out how to Mm -hmm. get better. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, he, he, he he is one of those guys that, I mean, what did he win, six? Alabama State titles, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, uh, hundreds upon hundreds of matches he won in high school. And yeah. and he was one of those kids that he has a love, love for the sport. And, I mean, you look at, he was traveling everywhere just to try and get matches. And uh, when you have a kid like that, I mean, they want to be good. They want to, you know, be have success and uh i mean he 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 is the quintessential kid that uh you know you put him in a place like cornell and and, and academically it's awesome for him uh financially it's perfect and you put him in a situation where you surround him by wrestlers of like mind and attitude and and you can only go up and uh you know a kid like you know uh, brandon i mean he is he is in the perfect scenario of what you're talking about. Yeah, right. So, well, probably the ultimate perfect scenario, what you're talking about, is Kyle Dake. I mean, you know, um, I watched him wrestle in high school at Senior Nationals, and, and you could tell he was good, obviously, but, you know, he, it didn't look like he was going to be four-time, four-different-weight kind of <laughs> stuff. I mean, you know, I don't know what that would look like, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but... You know, and obviously, you know, he's, he he comes from a family where, you know, he has good genetics and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from the outside, it looks it looks like, you know, Dake's the kind of guy that just he's supremely confident, uh, you know, looks for the challenge. I mean, I never validated this, but it just seemed like he actually went up a weight to wrestle Taylor senior year, you know, yep. you know, then went up again, you know, for the Olympic trials, really up, you know, 20 something pounds and you know, came within, you know, one takedown of being on the Olympic team. Yeah. What, you know, guys want to get to that level. What are some things that they can, you know, maybe steal from a Kyle Dake that you've seen that can help them, you know, try to achieve their goals? All right, dropped you. Sorry about that. No uh, so, you, you know, Kyle is Kyle special. I mean, there, there's no other way to kind of, put it uh the he's a he, he's a freak i mean i mean in the greatest sense you could honestly say i mean he can do things that guys cannot do um but the things that 
I think that kids and, 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 and wrestlers can take away from what Kyle has done, is doing, um, is the mentality. Um, you know, he is, he's one of the mentally, mental, mental toughest kids I've met. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't shy away from a challenge. Um, it doesn't matter if it's in the wrestling room or, you know, running a sprint or playing cards. I mean, like he has the mentality that he has to win. Um, and it makes, it, it, it makes him live his life. It makes him do everything that he can control perfect. Uh, and, and that's, that's probably the, the greatest thing that, you know, people can take away from Kyle is that, uh, you know, when you look, when you look at, you know, wrestlers of today, the past, and, and you know, it, it going into, you know, the future, it's like, you look at the best guys and what, 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 what a lot of them have in common is the mental aspect of when you step onto that mat, what he has already envisioned happening. And, and what he is going to do. And, and he's not going to do it in a sense that I'm going to, I'm going to have reserves. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give everything I have. And, you know, does he have the, the physical ability to do that? He does, but it wouldn't be backed up if he didn't have the mental capacity. And that right there allows his body to do those things. So being mentally tough is, is, you know, one of the greatest things that you have control over. And a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, that, that is totally you. You control that part. Mm-hmm. And it could, it, it could, it could do wonders and it could be devastating. So being able to be mentally prepared, mentally tough, uh, goes a long way, not only in our sport, but just in life in general. So, and that's what, you know, we try to stress to our guys, um, you know, daily about you know the grind of a college of a college athlete and uh and uh, you know the academic side i mean this is this is life and um there are sometimes where you know you got to buck up and uh, mentally prepare yourself for what is to come yeah your answer really reminds me of a piece of advice i got a long time ago where a guy told me everything in life falls in three categories, things you can control, things you can influence, and things you can't do anything about. And he said like most of us waste all of our energy on the bucket three instead of, you know, he goes, go control what you can control. When you get done with yeah. all that, influence what you can. And the way he put it was whoever your God is or whoever you have faith in, you know, pray about bucket three. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it sounds like, and I, I think you're right. You see this consistently at the highest levels that those guys don't, you know, you when you won national titles, Coach Cole when he won national titles, uh, you know, guys like Gabe Dean winning national titles, Kyle Dake winning national titles. They're not worried about the stuff. They they can't pick who the ref's going to be. They can't pick who their opponent's yep. going to be. They can't pick if they wake up that day and they're sick, but they can make sure they didn't go out the night before and do something dumb to encourage that. You know, and then they, they just focus on the rest. So it that's, I mean, it's really, it seems like it's part of a champion's mentality. For sure. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, I, I want to ask you a few questions and let you get out of here. What, what are your expectations and goals for this year's team? Well, uh, you know, coming into every year, uh, they're pretty much the same. Uh, you know, the ultimate goals, I mean, we want to, we want to keep our IV, IV title going. I mean, we just won our fifth 
fifth consecutive, a uh, fifteenth. Sorry, fifteenth. Yeah, I knew it was more than five. I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that. So, I mean, that's that, that's important, you know, for, right. for our not only our guys on the team, but for our university and, and, and the pride that that, that the Cornellians have in winning that Ivy title. So that's important. And so we, we just did that, and you know, we're gearing up to head to our conference tournament, which is the EIWAs, and you know, we've won it the past ten years. So. Uh, we want to win another one, and he, the ultimate goal is obviously winning a you know national champion championship. And we've been on the cusp of doing that, you know, you know multiple times, and uh, just getting those guys prepared for those three days in March. So I think our goal every year is the same. Uh, obviously, it changes throughout the year because of lineups, guys in, guys out, who's going to be you know competing at this weight. Uh, so. I think um, when we have the mindset of we want to be champions, and and when we have that mindset and, and, and we express that not only to our guys but our guys feel the same way, so they know going into you know a dual meet, going into a tournament, going into you know the postseason. I mean that's their goal. I mean I, I tell these kids and, and our staff, you know, tells these guys that we didn't recruit you to come and ride the bench. That 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 was not the case. You know, we recruited you, you know, to get a phenomenal education and to be a national champion. So uh, they know that, and they understand that, and that's what they want. So the goal is the same. We're, we're coming in here to be champions. Well, and that's a perfect segue to what would it mean to you personally if, if, with, and when, if and when Cornell wins the, the team national title? No words should express what that <laughs> would it. mean. I mean, honestly, no words. I, I have been fortunate and lucky enough to be on a couple national championship teams. That's right. And yeah. Let me tell you, there's nothing greater. Uh, you know, I would give up my two national titles individually for my two team titles that I won any day of the week because, you know, we, we go back to family. And when you can celebrate that with your family and your brothers and, and right. you're like, Oh my God, that is one of the greatest feelings you could ever have. And our guys, you know, they're in here every day, blood, sweat, tears. I mean, they, they have seen the best and the worst of our guys. And when they can all stand together as one, be national champions, oh my God, there's no words that could ever express what that would mean to me, our staff, our team, our university, our program. I mean, you can't, you can't describe it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you guys have, you know, done a great job of having, you know, not only great teams, but some really outstanding individuals that, you know, I'm sure has helped with recruiting and helped with the popularity of Cornell with the big, you know, the big C on the singlet. And I think the one finals match, and obviously I know you're not going to look ahead, but for guys like me that do look ahead, you know, the 184 final with the two undefeated guys, you know, without saying you think that's going to happen, what do you think it's, do you think it, how do you feel like it's good for wrestling that two guys that are, you know, both in the Hodge conversation might be yep. the two front runners are in the same way, you know, they're not running from each other. In fact, Nickel moved up to that way. You know, what, yep. what are your thoughts on, on something like that? I can be more, more thrilled. Uh, you know, you have two guys, you have Gabe going for his third national title. You have Bo, Bo Nickel coming off at the, you know, a, a national fi- final finish, um, going up a weight class and they're both having great years. I think, uh, you know, they're both 
pretty close in, in pins. Um, they're both undefeated. Uh, if that match does come, you know, and happen at, at St. Louis, I mean, it's going to be fireworks. I mean, how could it not be? <laughs> right. I mean, you got, you got two guys that, I mean, that are, they're trying to do something that, uh, you know, they're trying to reach the pinnacle of our sport, you know, at this level. So, uh, and they're both phenomenal wrestlers. So I think it's going to be fireworks. I'm excited for it. I know Gabe's excited for it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, hope, like I said, hopefully it does happen, sure. uh, because right. I think, I think the fans want it. I know Gabe, I know Gabe's excited about it. So, uh, you know, it, 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 hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it happens. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I think all of us as fans really hope that. <laughs> you know, especially those of us that don't have a dog in the fight. Um, yeah. I think the young guys, you know, they look at guys like like Gabe Dean and and Kyle Dake, and then they go, man, maybe this guy just just kicked butt his whole life. And Andy Hamilton told me you had a great story about Gabe Dean, where he oh, yeah. wrestled a girl. And I, I don't <laughs> want to ruin the story. Can you can you tell me about that a little bit? Well, well, you, you know. First, before I mean, two, two, the two good examples you said, Kyle Dake and Gabe Dean. You know, Kyle won what I believe two state titles in high school. Gabe Dean won one state title in high school, lost his senior year, took second. So, I mean, those guys are great success stories. I mean, sure. they 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 weren't always you know the, the greatest wrestlers or, or won everything, and they got onto the college scene and and they did phenomenal things. So, uh, you know, knowing where they came from and what they've done uh, is pretty remarkable. But uh, you know, Gabe. You know, you talk about the the time where Gabe wrestled a girl, and it was, I believe, it was at the Michigan State. Uh, it, it, was, it was at Michigan State. They were having like a kids tournament, and then Gabe ends up wrestling this girl, and uh, gets like headlocked and pinned. How, how, and, how old is Gabe at the time? Oh goodness, I don't. I mean, he's got to be. I mean, he's elementary school, and okay. you know, All so right. uh, gets like headlocked and pinned, and and. It, it, I, I'm sure he was ungodly embarrassed and, uh, sure. you know, it, so, so what happens next is like he rolls over and he starts to say he can't feel his legs. <laughs> and I, and, and, and I think that, you know, I think Dave was coaching him and Dave's like, Oh my goodness, what the heck's going on right now? And, uh, so like it, from, from the story that I was told, you know, he's saying, I, you know, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. And, Starts basically like seal walking, you know, dragging his legs behind him, and uh, I'm sure it was a lot of emotions. I mean, there's definitely, you know, he he felt his legs, and uh, so I, I get, you know, uh, Dave or Beth, you know, Beth go out there and they're like, Gabe, you, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? You know, do I have to call the ambulance? And he's like, Oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine, you know. So, but you know, you know there, it's a funny story, just because uh, you know you look at Gabe Dean now and and what he's doing, and you know, hey, way back when, he got pinned by a girl and he <laughs> couldn't feel his legs. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's just funny. Everybody has everybody has a story, and uh, you know, you, you look, you, you know, ten, fifteen years later, and what these guys are doing, and it's uh, it, it just always it, it, it humbles you, you know, and it really makes you you know, go back and think like, wow, these guys were just normal kids, just like everybody else. You know, they just happened to do some things right and um, live their life a certain way to get to the point that they're at. Yeah. 
A couple things. One, that is a fantastic story. <laughs> Two, for people that don't know, Dave is is Gabe's father. <laughs> Just so people know that. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> Number yep. three, I've never met Gabe Dean, so if I do bump into him, please have him not kill me at nationals for having <laughs> you tell that story. Because yeah, <laughs> Dave. Yeah, Dave's an awesome guy. I mean, they, they and, and you know, he, he, Gabe has a phenomenal family. The support. I mean, it's they're just good people. Yeah, for sure. Well, Coach, I know you guys, like you said, you have big goals coming up here to, you know, defend the Ivy League title, uh, the EIWA title, and then put as many guys on the podium as possible and, you know, maybe have that feature match on Saturday night. So I appreciate you taking time to uh, to talk to me and talk to the folks here on Match Chat. It means a lot to me. Hey, not a problem. I enjoyed it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully others feel the same. For sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Chat is brought to you by FantasyGrade.com and the Ultimate Fantasy Wrestling Challenge. Do you know more about wrestling than your friends and people from around the country? Prove it. Go to FantasyGrade.com and enter the live event, online event, or both. Become America's first fantasy wrestling national champion and support USA Wrestling today. Thanks to everyone. Talk to you next week. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.